Alrighty, I'll just restarting soon. I forgot the topic. Oh my gosh. Welcome everyone to Conversations with Hofane. I'm Hofane, and today I'm joined by someone with two first names, which is exciting. Sasha Monique. Hey. <laughs> Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So you're all the way in LA and I'm here in Botswana. Crazy. It's great. I love Nine it. hour difference. I'm like, gosh, I can't do this. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today we're talking about personal branding and business branding. And, you know, the, the, the term branding is thrown around so cheaply nowadays. And I say cheaply because it's used in the most abstract and irrelevant circumstances and so uh-huh. i think there isn't a more relevant topic to discuss than this one but before we get into that can you can we introduce yourself and just let Absolutely. us know who sasha is yes hello thank you for having me so i am a brand strategist and designer and i've been doing this for about 11 years now um, i originally i know it's been a while <laughs> i'm aging myself <laughs> Um, I originally went to school with the intention of designing retail stores, which I went on to do after college, but I got super burnt out from all the late nights and overnight shifts and all the things. And I got to a place where I was just ready to kind of segue into the digital realm, start my own business. It was very part-time and freelance for many years uh, while I was working for other companies um, doing what I do now, but for them within corporate. Um, And then I had a baby and I'm like, you know what? I need to be my own boss and I need to make sure that I can be in control of how much income I make. So I started my own business and here we are. Here we are 11 years later and you are kicking it. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I love this so much because... Like I said, I don't. I at first I was gonna be like, oh, tell us about brand Sasha. But then I was like, but, but what is brand Sasha? You know, do you have a like? I don't even know if I'm a brand yet. I don't. There's so many things that we don't know, but are using loosely. So please define for us. For there's no right or wrong answer with this one, but define personal branding and define business branding. Yeah. So. Social media has done a really good job at blurring the lines at what branding is. Because essentially you you create a profile and ultimately you have a brand whether you realize it or not. Um, so the difference between the two is personal branding is a brand that has a particular face attached to it and it's typically the person behind the screen who is running the business. So for my own sake, I don't have any staff, employees, any team members. So I essentially am a personal brand because you're just working with me. And when you go to all of my assets in terms of social media, my website, it is all me. There's, there's not an agency yet, but it's all me. So essentially I am a personal brand. Now a business brand doesn't have a particular face attached to it. They are more in essence a community and they are relying on their own morals, ethics, and code of conduct to attach yeah. to a theme or an essence of a relatability that will bring in an audience. Where personal branding is, you're working with Sasha, she's super quirky, sarcastic, kind of a goofball, and that's what you get. Where if you work with someone like Apple, for the sake of just seeing it in front of me, you're working with <laughs> an innovative company that's constantly putting out products or services, whatever the case may be. Right. So then we get into marketing and brand. 
what's what's the difference because you know we'd say things like branding and marketing yes but it's like but what do you mean <laughs> right so branding is kind of this weird thing where like every essence of your business branding leads into so you know you build up this business plan but the branding goes in, in with the business plan you have your marketing strategy but branding is included so the difference is Branding is essentially what you are marketing. It is the essence. It is the entity. So it is the business in terms of its voice, its look, its feel. Um, what parts of the business are people going to attach to? Is it integrity? Is it faith-based? Is it innovation? Whatever that essence is, how you then go out and get it visually publicized and growing visibility wise is marketing. So marketing is, is the strategy of getting it in front of the eyeballs, but what you're getting in front of eyeballs is the brand. And that goes into branding, if that makes sense. Right. So let's just start off with the personal brand. Sure. There. Okay. <laughs> I think since Tortas was that everyone, especially within the corporate space, so whatever space, if you're looking at your own brand, they need to treat themselves as a brand and i'm quoting it i think i heard it somewhere someone said that you know you should treat yourself as a brand take yourself seriously it's like i don't know what that means we're saying things that i don't understand i thought because when you'd like say you know a company like coke and they'd say coke is an established brand and i'm like what do you mean they're a company that why right so now personal branding on linkedin for example or even on instagram what does that look like it looks like a sole entrepreneur. So personal branding really comes down to it just being one person. And so if you think of like a bookkeeper or an accountant and they're not working within an agency of five other accountants, it's just their own singular person running a business, that's personal branding. You're you're promoting yourself. Where if you're working with a company or a corporation, you're promoting the actual business which has multiple departments, multiple people to work with. You're not necessarily buying into one person and who that person is. Right. And so with even if I'm within this particular business, can I consider myself a brand? Even if I'm Absolutely. in a firm? Yeah. How do Absolutely. I go about doing that? If you're in a firm, you said? Yeah, if I'm in a firm or just some sort of establishment, but I still, you know, I don't want to be there forever. But right. I, I want to position myself where I am marketable regardless of whether I'm still there or I've left. So I think that that's where it gets tricky. So when you're in a corporation or with in an establishment, a firm, whatever the case may be, there's sometimes contracts that you sign without even realizing that you sign a non-competition clause. So you can't really be a personal brand because you're, you can't compete against the leads or sales or clients that you're bringing on within that firm. So at that point, I mean, it's it's industry based because when you think of real estate, you could be working under a real estate agency, but you are promoting yourself as a real estate agent. So it really right. depends on the industry. But if you in that instance, then it comes down to you know what's your look, what's your feel, how are you communicating, what type of housing are you like, what's your niche of houses that you're selling? Are you more in the commercial space of apartments or are you in you know? mansions in Calabasas, Los Angeles, you know? So 
it comes down to the industry, but if you are in a firm and you're trying to set yourself apart, then it just comes down to how are you making connections? What type of connections are you making? And what do you want them to know about you and remember about you? So when they do need someone in your space, they think of you. And then how do we go about doing that? Yes, space. Obviously, I'm not going to have a billboard put up in a picture. Yes, right. A feature on O Magazine. So yeah. that look when, um, you know, because I, I used to think and pardon my ignorance, that when you're saying you're building your personal brand, it just means you having photo shoots every two months and you post right. in the pictures and that's it. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's technically a part of it. I think it comes down to finding the strategy that works best for you. So I think, well, this morning we were hit with, you know, even more changes on Instagram. So they're now doing age verification, which is a whole, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But as we're seeing, these platforms are shifting and changing. So essentially you have to go where people are gonna eventually flock to if they haven't yet. So mm -hmm. making sure you're on the right platform and then producing content that's gonna speak to the right people. But then also I think a lot of people forget you actually have to speak to these people. So you can't think that just because you post content you're automatically gonna grow. Like you have to engage with others in order to build a network. And that goes back mm -hmm. to kind of like the old school mentality of networking, you know? Before social media, people relied on either direct mailers or networking yeah. events where they would go, you know, to a networking mixer and have business cards and they'd establish connections. They'd have a whole pile of business cards at the end of the night and that's that. They didn't have social media. So if you're looking to market a personal brand on social media, it's having conversations, knowing who you're trying to target, but then also making sure you're showcasing your expertise literally every single day but on the right platform you don't want to waste time on the wrong platform if they're going to be changing so often or if your demographic is shifting out of that platform right and so when you talk strategy and yeah <laughs> i laugh now because i'm thinking man do you even have the strategy <laughs> because i'm thinking that you know what i'm thinking and it's so embarrassing how i used to consider it when i got into social media management and consultancy and i was like okay building you a strategy and when i presented it it was a content calendar and i was yeah. like these are the best times to post let's have a photo shoot we're good i did not consider keywords i did not consider the platform to use so right. you know help us you know open our minds or enlighten us rather to what a strategy personal or personal brand specifically looks like because i'm seeing a lot of especially people within corporate who are like eh, you know what i might need to have another stream of income let me build me first yes i think like the great resignation as they're calling it right now is hot and heavy beyonce's fault you know i'm not mad at it. I'm I'm it. <laughs> that song goes it slaps it does yeah. <laughs> but in terms of building a strategy for a personal brand so brand strategy has like so many different facets to it. So the main two umbrellas are internal and external strategy. So internal okay. is deciding what's your brand voice? What's the type of messaging you want to have? What are your core values that you want to make sure that you're putting out in all content? How are you relatable? And how are you looked at as a human versus like a money making machine, which I think a lot of people are having a hard time with, you know, we're boasting all about our profit wins and all the things which make you less relatable because the people you're targeting are not where you're at financially yet. Thank you. <laughs> so, 
say it louder. So for <laughs> making sure you're relatable, your strategy needs to be humanistic. So then when you go to external strategy, that's what are your brand colors? What's the logo? What are the brand photo shoots looking like? It's all the visual things that are gonna stop people from scrolling, but also, there's a lot of people that have gone against the grain in their industry in terms of just like their graphics and colors. So if I'm scrolling and I see a certain color palette, I know instantly who posted it. And that's essentially what you want. I think a lot of people right now are so caught up on the same exact design trends that I don't know if you're a copywriter, a VA, a social media man manager, if you're a bookkeeper, they all look the same. So it's how are you making sure you're standing out? And in doing so, that's how you start to build a following and that's how you start to have important conversations that allow you to show your expertise so people are more inclined to work with you. Right, and so let's now transition to business strategy or business sure. I'll see business branding looking at small organizations, but you know, given the rise of social media since particularly COVID till now, yes. it's just been so crazy that it's given companies that have been established and have great uh, budgets are now on the same platform as smaller companies. And you find that smaller companies are actually having more interaction as opposed to these um, other businesses. So let's talk about branding within business and that, looking at that particular aspect. Sure. So, I mean, the strategy remains the same. It's it's no different for personal or, or, or like a corporation mm. or a, a business with multiple employees. The strategy foundations are the same. But I will say that, yes, these companies are having a hard time standing out because the time and budget that hire someone to create the amount of content solo entrepreneurs are capable of doing, it's, it's not comparable. So mm. I'm able to produce the amount of content that you and I are because we run our own businesses. They also are having a hard time having that connectivity between their audience and the brand because there isn't a face behind it. So essentially, even for you know coaches or whatever that do have a team, there's still a personal brand with a team behind them. So mm. a lot of what I'm seeing lately, which is different than what you would have seen a couple of years ago is that people are building out agencies but there is still the personal branding of the ceo intertwined so even if it is a marketing agency you know exactly who owns it who runs it because they're making sure that personal touch is still there which is yeah. great businesses on the other hand and corporations are having a hard time with it because they don't have that that touch the ones that are doing it well have a specific social media manager who is the face of their social media. So if they're going live, they're able to, you know, have questions hey. answered. And I think that while Instagram is having a hard time, I don't know if I'd say it's a hard time. I think Instagram is really confused on how to compete. They're doing a good job at having Adam be the face of Instagram and he's being very yeah. interactive on the platform. Yeah. I'll give props to that. For those but who don't know who Adam is. <laughs> go find him if you ask i'll be surprised if you don't know who he is he shows up on every single day <laughs> he's he's trying and it's just weird and i know we're digressing here for a bit but i'm just like you guys are making so many changes like it's tiktok fun. nails it stop trying to compete well, with tiktok <laughs> this is brand strategy this is the conversation instagram does not have a proper brand strategy they have no right. idea who are who they're targeting and how they're going to stay there and the whole point of brand strategy is to create a roadmap to make sure that 
The strategy you have today is going to elevate you five years from now. You are building out a plan of instructions to where I know where I want to be five years. These are all the steps I need to take to get there. Instagram has lost it. They lost the manual. Don't get us in trouble, <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> don't get us in trouble. I don't. Come just blame me. <laughs> position to be, be in as a business i mean it's like yes we see the person who's in charge but then it's like okay person in charge onto our christians but then you're getting such an influx of messages or comments that are coming through people complaining people having their sh- fair share um but there's no give and take there's no replies to the comments on top of this it's like why are you posting in the first place Look, if, if they, it's true though. If they were just to say, we're making a lot of changes because we're trying to get to this place. Oh my God, I'd be all for it. Let me know why. Let me know why. And that's where a lot of, when companies succeed, it's because they're transparent in where they're trying to head and their goals. When a company and personal branding as well, when you are transparent about where you're trying to go, I have so much more respect for it, but it gets confusing. And I think a lot of creators are getting really frustrated because we don't know why all of these changes are necessary. We understand. Okay. So for today, for the age verification, I understand that you're trying to monitor what children are watching. That's great. But why? Like what's the end result? Because TikTok's not doing that and they're doing just fine. Mm. And so, okay, looking at business brands now, I know that particularly, uh, you know, organizations that have been around for, you know, you know five, 15 years, yeah. have these huge booklets on their brand. And yes. it works for them, you know, like franchises and everything. So let's talk about small businesses, you know? We don't even have a booklet. <laughs> we just have an idea. This is my favorite color, this is my logo. Let's yeah, go right? With- it's all on Canva. Just duplicate it. <laughs> Let's just go like that. So, I mean, what, what, what is in that booklet? For those who don't know, like, what's supposed to be in that booklet when we say, um, this is the brand voice? And what is the brand yeah. voice? There's just so many things that I think that need to be properly defined so that we don't find ourselves in a position where we're lost and in the midst of trying to compete with other brands on social media. But we think we're competing with a business brand, but it's a personal brand and that personal brand already has their own uh, following and reach. And you're you're frustrated because we yeah. see the business you. We don't see you, the individual, the exactly. personal brand kind of, yeah. Yeah, so that book is called A Style Guide. And basically it's, if you ever want to outsource work, it's really good, especially if you're ever going to outsource to someone to do your social media or a graphic designer or a web designer, it will have your colors and the hex codes, your typography, font choices. It'll have your brand voice, et cetera, et cetera. It's really crucial if you ever want to outsource because you're not going to have to have these millions of conversations about what you are and what you're not. So when you build out your brand strategy, you essentially are building out your style guide as well. So when it comes down to figuring out your brand voice, um, it's the same strategy, but different for personal or business. So for me and for you, we're very much just ourselves. It's authenticity within our brand voice. We're not going to talk a different type of, I mean, I may not cuss as much because, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, but essentially (laughs) I am who I am. A business, 
needs to really understand, well, I'm not going to say a business, a larger business, not a solo business or a solo entrepreneur mm-hmm. needs to understand who is their target audience and how do they like to be spoken to. And I mean, that goes for both personal or, or a larger business, but for a business, they have to think more widespread because if we think about Apple, they have all these different product lines that target to different people, the super techie to the novice, you know? So how are they able to build a brand voice that communicates to all? They're not so niche. So it comes down to what type of words you like to use, what type of words you don't like to use, what emojis you want to use, if any, what emojis you're not going to use. Um, and also just, the, you know, exactly, and the characteristics <laughs> of the tone of voice you want. So I think Apple's done a really good job at just making sure they're letting the customer know using products are simple because our messaging is simple. They don't have a lot of of sentences. They don't have paragraphs of text. It's usually like a five word sentence, you know, like for the creators done. Like that's really what it comes down to, you know? So it's essentially just how you communicate with who you're trying to target. Yeah. I mean, it sounds all good and well, you know, but I I would imagine to the drawing table, someone is like, so I should say this and this and this. All right, what's all brand voice? And it's like, wait, what is a brand voice? What do, what do you mean? <laughs> Are we speaking? What, what does that mean? What's a brand voice? And and I, I especially with businesses, yeah. Uh-huh. No, I was just going to yeah. say, so when you map it out, you map out the adjectives. Are you funny? Are you quirky? Are you serious? Are you bland? Are you simple? Are you extravagant? It's really just the adjectives behind how you want people to feel. Mm, mm, so brilliant. Hire her, people. Hire her. Hire her. So, <laughs> and, and you know, people will forgive me for just putting so much emphasis on social media because realizing that while we love the billboards and, I mean, they're all good and great, I, I really don't know what the return is from that. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> your news, your magazines. I haven't seen a physical, I haven't bought a physical magazine since, oh, since 20 breaks my heart <laughs> 20, I, want, yeah. I want magazines to have a comeback so badly I like that's literally all I want in this world is for magazines to make a comeback I, I, I love I love magazines I used to love magazines uh, but I'm always on my phone you know what I mean exactly exactly you know, I, but each is we have those and I think those are great for targets because I actually love our digital marketing uh traditional marketing really still it, it reaches corners and, and areas that you know digital marketing might not always have um reach and so i just from your end you know how does one balance the two and i get this question from SNMEs, and i'm like why are you asking this question you don't even have a budget for right. <laughs> but in consideration of the question that they're asking Sure. How does one balance between the two? Because I'm seeing that social media, and maybe they are asking that question because we're, we're social media, and it's weird because they refer to digital marketing as social media, which is another right. question that I'd like to ask you as well. So, two part of question is how does one balance the two, and how does social media marketing differentiate from digital marketing? Sure. So, I'm one of the people that call social media marketing digital marketing and basically digital marketing to me in my personal opinion just comes down to any type of marketing that you can 
see on a digital platform, whether it's your computer, mm-hmm. smartphone, iPad. And, but that also includes, you know, website ads. That also includes, you know, Facebook ads and, and Google and ads and all that. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, if if there's some sort of marketing being done on a device, I bolt that into to digital marketing, social media included. But you're gonna have to remind me of the first question. I'm sorry, I have ADHD. Dep- uh, trying to find a balance between right the <laughs> traditional and the digital marketing um, yes. for for business brands. Thank you. Yeah, so I think a lot of people have completely forgotten that traditional marketing still exists and it's still a very viable source of marketing. Um, I see a lot of brands just say they're on Instagram and that is marketing and they're done. And that's probably one of the most painful and hurtful things you can do for your business. Um, But the balance is really going to be dependent on what you're interested in doing and what's going to work for you. I know people run ads and that's their primary source of marketing. And then, you know, them creating content isn't really a viable solution because it doesn't give them much. Um, so then there's also, you know, cold pitching and emailing or people still do direct mailers where you get, you know, a flyer in the mail or whatever the case may be. There's all these traditional outlets that I think some social media platforms do well. Like LinkedIn, I would still call it traditional marketing because you're essentially doing cold messaging networking. And that's a traditional method. Um, but that doesn't work for everyone. So I think it really comes down to who are you targeting and where do they spend the most time? And in essence, are you getting visible to them the fastest? If, if they spend most of their time on Instagram, is the algorithm favoring you enough to even be seen by them? And if not, yeah. then how do you find another method? And that comes down to things like what we're doing, you know, podcasts, collabs, you know, you have all these collaboration opportunities like collaborative reels or story takeovers or all these different ways of getting into different people's audiences that you need to leverage because the algorithm, whatever platform you're on, isn't necessarily always going to favor you. Yeah. And so, I mean, I talk a lot about the algorithm. I remember there was a point in time when that term was booming. <laughs> and it was just faith. And I remember a lot about Facebook because there's just so many people there. And Instagram came yeah. in and this algorithm changed everything for creators. And then people transitioned to TikTok. And funny yeah. enough, I think, yeah, I know that TikTok algorithm is, is far more favorable than the Instagram algorithm. And so what I also realized on TikTok is that it is great for the everyday person. Celebrity there. It will right. <laughs> like I'm seeing celebs I won't mention now because I'm hoping to interview them. And they're getting like 60 likes. Oh you <laughs> getting 60 right? likes views that are under a hundred because I don't know, it's like it's like it's as if you know require you to get, like, have the best equipment it just really needs your personality and then you realize that oh the celebrity's personality isn't popping so how do you businesses personal brands um especially the professional ones uh the corporate ones yeah. i i don't see them flourishing on tiktok as opposed to the quirky and the really fun people so are they on the wrong platform or are they approaching it the wrong way i mean i think it's hard to say because I think we're on the precipice of TikTok taking over in the in the sense of businesses. 
I've seen a lot of businesses start to go to TikTok because the organic reach capability is far better than others. I won't name them just so we don't get in trouble. But (laughs) (laughs) a lot better. But I think we're gonna also see a shift in content on there too, to where it is a lot like what you post on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or whatever the case may be. And it's not so goofy and it's not so dance trend heavy or whatever. I think we're gonna see a big boost in like real high value content on TikTok in a way that's still engaging. Mm. And so how can Hulkin businesses really try and question? Let me rephrase that question because now I'm considering what you just said. Because now I just scrapped <laughs> scrap the whole list of questions that I sent you. Um, so you had mentioned that some businesses are able to thrive by having a brand, but a human being rather, uh-huh. as a face uh-huh. of their business so that they're more interactive. So yes. is that something businesses should consider doing on TikTok? Um, or should they just, you know, just advertise whatever new gadget or, you know, product? Both. I think there's a balance. Mm. And I, I think it's I would love to see what goes on on the back end of fashion brands. Show me your manufacturing room. Like, take me on a tour of your office. Introduce me to the pe- introduce me to the customer service people I might talk to if I need to make a return. I want to know what goes on in these businesses. And also, I think it would be really cool if these larger corporations got very transparent in like letting us be a fly on the wall. Like, don't give away your trade secrets, but like. Let us right. see what goes into creating these massively successful brands. Like mm. I was watching, I was watching a little bit of the Louis Vuitton fashion show because Kendrick Lamar performed, um, and that's been like the headline this morning. And I want to know what the conversation was with Kendrick and the whoever decided he was the one to perform on why they chose the songs that they did, why they did the order. Like, show me the process. Like, I think that would be so beneficial for businesses to start getting a little more transparent on the artistic and creative decision-making process. And empower us. It's not like we're competition. There's enough pie for everyone to eat, you know? I'm not a fashion designer. I'm not going to go to Paris, but I want to be inspired. Precisely. Precisely. I'm so inspired. You're so good at what it is that you do, and, and Thank you. in the back right now, Aww. and I'm very appreciative of. I believe that this is something like a consultancy thing for me right now, and anyone listening, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is great. This, does she give this all for free? No, she doesn't." Um, <laughs> so, and so, I mean, you talked a lot about we talked a lot about social media, but let's talk about websites as well. Sure. So there's a you know particular company, and they're looking at having a website. And I was like, all right, cool. No, I could try to do that. And I saw a video of yours when you're like, uh, yes, you know, certain websites are not designed for yeah. people to buy. Uh-huh. The look and the feel of it, it's, it's just, it, it doesn't uh, draw anyone, reel anyone in to actually want to buy. And I thought, right. man, I thought like websites just put in pictures and, you know, click yeah, sales, it whatnot. <laughs> You know, put in keywords, apparently something about keywords. Easily discoverable. What's going on? Uh, explain to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, keywords are a big part of, of getting traffic to the site. Like, that's 
SEO, search engine optimization is a necessity if you want to get more tra traffic to your website. But the problem that I have, and this is probably going to get me in trouble and it's an unpopular opinion maybe, is that I really dislike website templates. And people have asked, you know, why don't you design some and sell them? Be and it, my answer is always because it's not going to work for you. Like whatever I design is because I think it looks cool, but that's, you don't want a website that just sits on the web on the internet and looks cool. You want a website that people come to and they immediately want to push buy now or book a consultation call. So in order to do that, there's a strategy and a lot of this I became aware of when I was starting to do, I dabbled in Facebook ads for a little bit. It wasn't the right fit for me. But in dabbling in that, I had to get very clear as to what each step of the process was for someone to find me and work with me. What are the steps in between those two bumpers that people go through? And your website is a big part of that. People want to come to your website. They want to know immediately what you do, what how you do it, your pricing, and how to work with you. And if that's not readily available, they're just going to leave. So what's the right funnel to get people engaged enough to where they're staying on your website long enough to learn about you, become intrigued, and feel like you're the right person to work with? So in order to do that, it all comes down to the layout of the site. And it also comes down to the visual elements too. But what I do on my website will not work for you. And what you do on your website will not work for me because we have two different funnels and we have two different very like business models. So that's, you know, your website, I always tell people who are like, well, I don't know if I need a website or I could just use Linktree. And it comes down to if you're going to find a dentist or if you're going to find a doctor and they don't have a website that has information, are you really going to book them? Or if they don't have reviews, are you just going to be like, all right, this doctor has zero reviews, but I'm going to go get a heart surgery. Like, yeah, I'll book him. He has no website. And I don't know if he's credible, but let's whatever. You know, it's, it's the same mentality. Excuse my silence. I'm uh... I'm like, who is this woman? <laughs> Where did she get this information? Talk to us. And so, oh man. And and then how often does one have to update their websites so that, you know, again, Good. remaining relevant? Good question. So it really comes down to the more you update your website, and this is why blogs are so important for people who have the capability for blogs. The more you update your site, the more we're going to say Google, because that's like the leader in search engines, the more Google recognizes your website as being credible and an authority site because you're active and you're not just some dead page on the internet. So that's why blogs are beneficial. You also have a lot of more social media capabilities with that. That's another conversation. But the more you update your site, the better, but you don't want to over update to where you know, you're just updating for the sake of updating. If you have new services, great. If you decide you want to switch out your messaging, great. If you want to switch out your photos, like maybe every four to six months, great. Those are all small revisions you can make that Google will still recognize. So you don't have to do anything massive, you know, or even if you want to change your social media icons from white to cream, that's still an update. So there's little things that you can do that will still allow Google to recognize you. But if you want to rebrand, I would say, you know, that comes down to your strategy. And if you're going to update your website to a whole other look and feel, make sure it's congruent towards, you know, the audience that you've already built. Right. And, and I mean, you don't just go on and wake up and say, I want to rebrand. I don't like white exactly. anymore. I want to be pink. Right. There has right. to be a reason behind everything. 
and it can't. What are you doing wrong? (laughs) (laughs) What was that? What you were saying before? I said it can't be a personal reason either because you like the color. Like that's the wrong way to do business is making personal decisions based off preference. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, my next question is just, what are we doing wrong? I feel just listening to you, I'm like, oh my goodness, we're in a mess, we're in a rut. We're not going to make any money because no, I, no, no, no. what's going on? You know, clients who have websites and they thought it would appeal to a certain audience. They're like, but we haven't gotten a single people from a different country. And I'm like, I, I don't know how I can help you. So what are we doing wrong? Even on social media. Okay. Um, from what I've seen, just like generally speaking, I think that there is not enough creativity being established off of social media. I think everyone's getting inspired by everyone. So all the content is looking and feeling and sounding the same, um, graphics, all the brand photo shoots look the same. Everyone's using the same stock imagery if they don't have the funds for a brand photo shoot, which is still fine. But I just don't feel like people are being inspired enough to really find what makes their brand and business unique. And they're not comfortable with pushing the envelope. You think of all these businesses, like we'll say Louis Vuitton again, they've been around since the 1800s and they've made it a point to consistently do partnerships with innovators like Pharrell Williams or whatever, because they know that's gonna push the envelope forward. You don't see tons of luxury brands doing Mm. what Louis Vuitton does. They stay consistent to their traditional values, but they make sure they're partnering with people who are innovative. So they are blending the two of tradition and innovation. And because of that, they're able to stay relevant with each generation that comes up. So I think it's a matter of like, I'm a huge advocate for coffee table books. You're gonna get so much inspiration from coffee table books because people don't look there. They go on Pinterest, they go on Instagram. Like go outside of where people are looking. And so, like I said, like, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> like, what do you think that we're like, what so, do you think we could fix here and there? Yes. Yeah. So some simple, simple ones is stop using Canva template templates, make your own, even if it is on, on Canva, make your own template. The first ones might look like crap and that's completely fine, but it's a skill that you have to practice, practice and understand. Um, mm. Stop using the same color tones. Like cream and black right now is like what everyone's doing. Stop using the same fonts. Those are some basic ones. Um, In terms of brand strategy, I would say to stop being scared of the things that you don't know. If you don't understand how to create a brand strategy, do your best on Google or on YouTube University and figure it out and just lay some groundwork in terms of like, all right, This is where my brand currently is. I know I want to hit, you know, six figures. So how am I going to do that? Is my pricing competitive enough? Are my offers competitive enough? Am I providing the client experience that no one else is providing that's really top notch at a price? Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people too right now are getting very scared of the recession that we're heading into. And this is a prime opportunity to do trial and error because you're really not going to lose much. If you can do trial and error on the skill sets that you have without putting out investments, this is the time to do it because if something sticks during a recession, you are golden. Mm, absolutely. And so how does, um, just move on to the next question. How does one go about finding their brand voice as to whether, because I'm seeing there's a lot of similarities between personal and business brand. And so I'll just say for yeah. both. 
how does one go about finding their brand voice especially if either a they don't know what it is b yeah. they're realizing that they think that they are projecting one thing but it's being interpreted differently or they're not really sure what it is that they're projecting they're kind of all over the place where you find that you know you know that thing where you're consistent like consistently posting the same thing on Instagram Facebook uh-huh. LinkedIn <laughs> and Twitter you know you post the same thing but it's not all relevant for each platform so how's right. one go about finding the right brand voice do you get uh, some sort of uh, feedback from the of social do you do social listening or how do you go about it yeah I mean there's a bunch of different ways you can go about it you can do market research in terms of just like If you ask if you use polls on Instagram stories and you ask questions about your audience you're going to learn far more than you think. So just by having them respond to even if it's like what's your favorite thing to do on the weekend just by seeing the way people respond and how they talk if they are your target audience you're going to get an understanding of how you can talk back to them that's going to mm-hmm. make you on the same wavelength as them. Um but i think it just comes down to knowing your core values and i think that dictates your brand voice a lot faster and a lot easier if you look at companies that are nonprofit organizations that are activists for whatever problem or issue they're trying to fix you know let's the homeless community or i should say community but the homeless crisis out here is absolutely ridiculous right now so for organizations that are trying to eradicate that problem their brand voice comes down to really just like that philanthropist humanistic humanity driven brand voice of they care they're problem solvers they're making sure they're expressing well the good ones are making sure that they express where the funds are going so there's transparency it's not so much about like the language you use but it's how you use it and how you want people to feel i have mm. a friend who who has a um, a food truck and he goes down to in Los Angeles it's called Skid Row for those that don't know it's where it's the heightened homeless area in Los Angeles so they go down there and they give away free um hot meals and they give away they were doing a lot of like stuff for covid and what not and so their brand voice is a lot of like this is how much we've made and this is where those funds are going and then they take videos showing exactly what that money got So anyone yeah. that's donating, you just this is the meal that you just bought, you know? So there's a sense of just making sure that your core values are being translated. And that that comes down to a million different ways, you know? Like I make sure I'm super honest, but the way that I speak is sarcastic, and the way someone else would speak would be maybe super compassionate. But it's just a matter of if you're honest, you're honest and how do you translate that language? Right. And so how do we lead to convergence because I know that's what we I mean it's like oh it's all said and well and it's great and I yeah. um, voice everything brand color it's fine boom boom sure but uh, I'm not making money so how do we I don't know do we need to increase visibility effectively increase visibility to be effective in our visibility to lead to convergence how do we what what is going on here help us Okay so <laughs> what I tell my clients is If you're more visible and more people know about you, will they still take action if they've never heard from you? It's fun. I could see a commercial. I'm still not going to go and buy whatever it is because maybe they're more visible and they've got my eyeballs on them, but did they speak to me in a way that where I want to take action? So it comes down to language. It comes down to speaking to your audience versus at them. 
But also mm. you then have to go and make connections and that where that's where lead and engagement really comes down to on social media. But I think if you look at your marketing efforts as someone would in media, like commercials, they're not speaking to you as like, you know, here's my product, it'll help you do X, Y, and Z. It's like, do you feel this way? Can you imagine what you would feel like if you didn't feel this way? Well, we have the solution for you. And it's really just like, sometimes aggressively pinpointing the problem so people wake up to the message, if that makes sense. Right, right. And so when you think of a brand, earlier you did mention Louis Vuitton, you talked about <laughs> Apple. Available uh, brands that you've seen that, you know what, these 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 brands are doing really well and this is what we can learn from them. Looking at Revlon and saying, okay, Revlon, you guys went back Baby up. Brother. Uh-huh. You know, I, I went through on their Instagram page and I'm just seeing 62 likes. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, what did you guys do? What yeah. happened, you know? But their well, products are not even half as expensive as competing uh, makeup brands. Right. But you find that these competing makeup brands don't just use influencers, but they have content for days and people are interacting with the content. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting because the indie brand like influx was so heavy like you think of i'm not sure if you guys have out there but we have color pop out here we have a couple different indie makeup brands or just like smaller makeup brands that really just like profited off of gen z and millennials they went for it where i feel like revlon they've been around for i mean hundreds of years i'm assuming or like yeah Yeah. but i i don't think I would look at them and be like, oh, they're relatable. They're on trend. They're they're creating new products based off of each and every trend that we're seeing where like ColourPop, for instance, you know, they're doing new collabs every single month with either YouTube beauty gurus when that was really hot or, you know, like nostalgic 90s brands. They're just ahead of the curveball than, you know, Revlon and for instance, and especially when you think about where do you find Revlon, majority of the time it's drugstores. You're not seeing them at Sephora. You're not seeing them at these big beauty stores, you know? So I think it's also a matter of, are you being visible in the right way? Because Mm. the drugstores we have, I wouldn't go to for makeup. I would go to a full-fledged makeup store because I know the selection is a little more exciting. And Revlon, should have gotten into a store like Sephora or should have gone into a brand like Ulta. Right. They might so be how- at Ulta. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, <laughs> I should call you up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so blown away by Again, I could not think of a more relevant topic for the here and now. Yeah. And um, listen, I just, I just want you to help us shift or really open our mentality what kind of mentality should a business owner have right now when it comes to branding whether it's branding themselves i mean i see some ceos right now especially on linkedin in my country they're really trying to push the envelope post on 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 uh, linkedin and do whatever and reply comments even like no not like that but (laughs) whatever you know what kind of mentality should we have just as employees as uh, employers as SMME small companies and so on how what kind of mentality should we have when it comes to branding and I know one of them should be never to compromise on quality so that's my never, best. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to mind is be more human focused. I think now with like times being so hard for so long, people are so tired and they're so burnt out. And I think like the amount of aggravation and frustration we're all feeling at just in different areas of our lives is making it really hard for us to find things that bring us pleasure. And that's where businesses have the pure opportunity to really hone in on we bring your life joy and pleasure through either our services or our products. Even if it's web design, I'm bringing you joy because you no longer have to sit at the computer trying to figure out how to do this. I'm saving you time so you can go have some me time, go relax. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's a matter of just really being cognizant of where we're at as a society right now and making sure that your brand is aware of that and communicating that. Like some companies are way too focused on the like cut and dry marketing tactics of just like money, 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 where right now people just want to feel seen and they want to feel heard and people just want to hug. And if your brand can make them feel like <laughs> they're getting true. a virtual hug, like it's going to make a difference. And that's true. And that's true. Becoming more human centric. I, I appreciate this so much. And I don't know. Hey, I'm just ah, so excited right now. And I'm like, there's hope. There's hope. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and and I, I believe, I mean, we're here. It's nine hour difference, different continents, for crying out loud. So I believe that anyone can get any consultation from you, obviously at a fee. But um, how does one go about doing that? Yes, so you can visit me on Instagram, Sasha Monique Creates, or you can go to my website, sashamonique.com, and you'll find access to me pretty easily through either one of those. All right, and then what's your, uh, just in one line, your your work or life philosophy? Oh my God, my work or life philosophy. (sighs) Just keep learning. I think if you can learn something every day, even if it's something simple, like you're that much more worth, your worth escalated that much more just because you learned something new. Ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so good. You know you hear these punchlines and then there's this look on your face where you expect me to continue. I'm like, how do I recover from that? <laughs> what do you expect from me? This is incredible. Uh, thank you so much. Especially your you're absolutely incredible and thank you to everyone who's been listening and do consult social immediately right now and uh, thank you and goodbye thank you bye